CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ in Times Square. The guys here getting ready for a big show. Here's what's coming up. Industrials building gains, but are they doing so on a weak foundation? Carter Worth gets into the nuts and bolts of it. Then, yep, it's iPhone season. If you think Apple has another hit in his pocket and trade worries working their way into the rear view, Dan Nathan has a strategy dialed in. And Lululemon stock was off and running right after earnings. Keep your pants on. Don't go chasing. Mike Coe has a more balanced way to regain good positioning. It's time to risk less and make more. Options Action starts now. Let's get right to it. Check out the industrials cranking higher after a summer slump. Now up 7% from the August lows and less than 4% away from all-time highs. This all despite looming trade and economic slowdown fears. But with more than half of the sector still sitting in correction territory or worse... Chartmaster says the sector may be gearing up for a big breakdown. Carter's over at the plasma to break it down. Carter. Right, so this has been one of the areas that has been uh, a hope trade. And, and as they say, when you're hoping, it's hopeless. It's not, a, it's not a thesis, it's nothing. And in fact, these lines, these charts will, will prove that. Um, this line here is the presidential election. And what you see is this big bump up in industrials. And here's the relative performance. That's the so-called Trump bump. It happened in financials and industrials. But what we know is that actually that was the peak in the performance. So that actually all of this has been a negative alpha proposition, meaning other choices one could have made were better. And so the issue is not only are we, well, at five-year relative lows, on an absolute basis we're back to a difficult level. So let's uh, move forward and take a look at what we've got here. So here's the same chart, and each time on an absolute basis, holding aside how bad the relative is, that we've gotten back to this line, we have failed. So here are some arrows, I can put these in for you and you will see it, but basically, repeatedly, we've hit this line and we've failed. Now the question is, are we going to fail yet again? We're starting to approach it again. That's my hunch, I don't think anything's changed. Uh, the day-to-day strength, sort of news-related, or there's talk of a, uh, a meeting, the meetings are always, always talk, 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 talk. Right, so let's see. It's all about earnings and so forth. Now, here's the chart of the ETF that you can trade, the XLI, the Spider. Um, what I see is the following: I see a clear break in trend. There's no way around that. That's not an opinion. That's a trend line. That's a trend line, and that's the break in the trend line. And now, after breaking, we have thrown back quite close to the underbelly of the line. My bet is that you will start to falter here, and I want to be short XLI. All right, so Mike, Carter's calling for a short. What's your trade? Yeah, I mean, taking a look at industrials, I think it's kind of interesting here. Dan was actually talking about it uh, just about 20 minutes ago, actually. Peak earnings for the industrials took place pretty much in the first quarter of 2018. They're down about 6.6% since then. And if we take a look at price to earnings or enterprise value to EBITDA valuation metrics, certainly on that latter one, we're very close to the all-time highs. That's a bit troubling. And when I'm trying to figure out what options trade to use, I've also noticed that probably due to a lot of the volatility that we saw in August, we are seeing some 
what elevated options, premiums. I think this is one of those situations where you're not looking to just short options. They're not quite that high, but we are looking to use a spread. I was looking out to December. The 76.70, $6-wide put spread on XLI, you could spend about a dollar and a half for that. That gets us right to that math that we typically like, about a quarter of the distance between the spreads, meaning that if it did decline down to that lower strike, you're going to see a payoff of approximately 3 to 1, and you're going to be risking a relatively small amount of the XLI in the meantime. Plus, that put that you're short is going to decay and mitigate some of the effects in the meantime. So if we should begin to see a recovery in earnings in industrials and we change our thesis, we'll still have an opportunity to get out of this trade. Flexible trade, Dan. Yeah, I, I like the trade idea. I think Mike's giving himself a lot of time here, and I like the width of the spread and what he's paying for it, and it's kind of near the money here. And if you look at the charts, I mean, it's been a really good opportunity to kind of short this thing. At the, you know, Now that pass support is going to be um, resistance to the upside, and I think it is, like Carter said, it's a bit of a hope trade. Um, that being said, I mean, this is not a group that I feel like is going to turn on a dime. There's some of the names that are heavily weighted in the XLI that have some very, uh, various idiosyncratic issues, both being one of them. So um, to me, I think this sets up like a lot of other groups in the market that don't act well relative to the mega caps driving a lot of the performance. I think you sell rallies. Interesting also within transports, part of industrials, rails, which are big heavyweights, continue to act poorly on a price basis, but also the data keeps coming out. Volumes are down. There are issues. Uh, This is a a very dicey area of the market, and it is an area that gets a lot of hope. But it hasn't worked, and I don't know what changes that. In terms of the chart, Carter, and you, you had, we had seen sort of the approach back to the trend line. Are we at a point, I mean, you, you think it's going to bounce below that trend line eventually. Well, it failed. It, it broke below the trend line. Now it's kind of gotten to the underside of it. So that's a critical juncture because strength here pushing above a downward uh, a trend line is, is impressive. More often than not, though, when you first approach a trend line, having broken it, you falter at that trend line. Okay. So, Mike, are you going to wait till you get uh, a few earnings reports to decide what, you, what direction you want to take with this trade? Well, I don't think we need to wait, really, and here's the reason why. You know, the last time that we saw earnings declines of approximately the same magnitude in industrials that we are seeing right now were 2011 and 2015. I'm talking post-credit crisis. And both of those instances, we saw a dip in those earnings, and that preceded a pretty weak period for the sector overall. I mean, take a look at 2015. Peak to trough, the drawdown there was 13%, and I don't need to remind too many people what 2011 looked like. So I think we're getting the signals that we already need to, and I think Carter's technical analysis basically supports that. All right. From industrials to iPhones, we'll learn a whole lot more about this year's models at Apple's big event kicking off on Tuesday, which means Monday is your final full day to trade the stock before the newest edition of the iPhone and other products are revealed. So lucky for us, Dan Nathan is here with a way uh, to play that. Dan, what have you got? Yeah, so interesting name. I mean, we often uh, preview these events because, you know, everyone's pining away to see whether or not they're going to upgrade their supercomputer in their pocket. And what we're seeing over the last few years is that um, these upgrade cycles have begun uh, elongated. And we walk away from these events kind of less excited than we were when this company was really innovating on a much uh, quicker scale here. Um, you know, when I look at this event, I look at it the way option market makers are looking at it. They're not too excited about it. The options market is implying about a $5 move in either direction. 
direction between now and next Friday's close, which is about 2%. Not particularly exciting. There's the chart of implied volatility over the last year, um, about 24%. That's at the lower end um, of the one-year range here, and also telling you that short-dated option prices are cheap. So what does that mean for you out there? If you're a long holder, you could think about buying options to either replace your existing stock or to buy puts. And, you know, there's a chart right there. I'll let Carter speak to it a little bit. It's had this nice uptrend from that low on January 2nd. Um, it seems to have a lot of technical resistance at 215. Where did it get to today? 214 and a half. Dropped like a lug. So that looks to be uh, near-term um, resistance. And then to the upside, that high last September 2018, about 233. Gets to 215. You see, you might have a straight shot back up there. But that's going to have to happen on an earnings event, and we won't get that until late October. So the way I think about this trade, and I think way to think about the trade war in general, Apple's been really volatile over the last year relating to this trade war. It's just kind of hit the name recently with this new round of consumer tariffs. So let's think about it this way. If you want to be constructive, you want to play for a breakout, you like the idea of these new phones, you like the idea of maybe the trade war moderating a little bit, but you want to define your risk, the options market is saying you can do that relatively cheaply by just buying calls, let's say, if you want to be constructive on the name. So I would look out to October expiration and you say, okay, well, this week might be a little consolidation back and fill after no news on the event, but maybe I want to play for a move into earnings and then into these October um, trade talks. I would look out and buy the October 215 call paying $6.50 for that. That breaks even at 221.50. That is right above that July 31st post earnings high that it couldn't have held that time. But the way I think about this, you're risking 3% to have pretty near the money um, upside participation, playing for a breakout, playing for better news on the trade front. Um, so to me, I think this makes sense if you want to be constructive on Apple. What do you think of all those lines on Dan's chart? Yeah, let's get those lines back on there and whoa, talk about whoa, them. Whoa. So, so it, what we know is if you look at Dan's chart and the annotations he has, that Apple makes a low with the general equity market in the last days of December, or early January. Apple peaks uh, May 1 with the stock market. Apple bottoms uh, on June 1. And then here we are back at the May high. The market has exceeded its May high. And to some extent, what Dan is playing for is maybe that this stock can do what the market's done, which is catch up. I think in the context of that, though, it is basically a dullard. And I think you're saying that by noting that the options uh, indication is not a big move. And that's really what we've got here, something that is basically a fair price. So, Mike, uh, what do you think of Dan's trade, given what Carter said about the charts? Well, I mean, I think there's reasons to use options here. I mean, let's just consider if we are bumping up against some form of resistance, getting back to those prior highs, and there's some risk that it fails, obviously owning calls is a better case. Of course, if it does rally through, the fact that options aren't overly expensive, given how much the stock is moving around, make that a decent way to make a bullish bet. So I think basically, if you take a look at the price of options and you take a look at how the stock has performed and where we are relative to the market, this trade makes a lot of sense. And the other thing is, and Dan has said this many times, and I support this, you know, these are the kinds of trades that you look to manage. I mean, if the stock does break through that level by some significant amount, you can look to roll this into a call spread or roll up and out to a higher strike or simply take profits. And I think that's how you would want to manage this trade if you see that.
Yeah, and I want to be just the last word on this one is that that high, July 31st, came after earnings. Investors were really psyched about it. It was trading like 220. The next day, there's a tweet about uh, consumer tariffs. The stock went from 220 to 193. You saw that uptrend on that chart. That's about 190, 193. Why do you want to risk six and a half to have near-term participation? Because make no mistake, this stock could be down 10% in a week or two, that sort of thing. So I like the idea. I see this as risking about 3% with the 10% downside on a couple of headline. So I like the risk reward if you want to be constructive at Apple. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. And while you're there, check out our super cool newsletter. What are you waiting for? Here's just coming up next. Shares of Lululemon stretching higher on its earnings this week. But if you missed out on the move, take a deep breath. Because Mike Coe is laying out a way to play the rally for less. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Take a look at shares of Lululemon stretching higher after crushing it on earnings this week. Lulu shares now up 66% this year. So if you're looking for a way to play catch up to the rally, Mike Coe is laying out the call to action. Mike, take it away. Yeah, you know, so this is interesting. You know, we saw some unusual call activity in this name earlier this week. We actually talked about it on Fast Money. Somebody was targeting about $200 after earnings. They traded a 180-200 call spread. That looked like a fairly prescient trade, clearly. What do you do, though, if you like the stock but weren't in it when that good news took place? We're going to take a look at trading a call spread risk reversal. These are trades we look at when options are expensive, volatile stocks typically, and usually this is on or around catalyst. Now, this catalyst has already come and gone, and the stock did gap higher. So what we're going to try to take a look at here is a way for you to participate if the stock should continue higher but only give you the risk associated with having bought the stock at the price before the event took place. So how does a trade like this work? We're going to be looking at the December 185-200-220 call spread risk reversal. You're going to sell the 185 puts, buy the 200 calls, and then sell the 220 calls against it. That whole trade will cost you nothing. Basically, the risk here is that if the stock should fall back to 185 or lower, you're going to own it at that level. This, of course, is approximately where the stock was trading before they announced earnings. If it continues higher, you're going to get about 10% participation to the upside. And I would point out this stock is moving around quite sharply. It moved a lot today. So if the stock is lower on Monday, you might even be able to adjust the strike of that lower strike. But in fact, earlier today, you could have done the 180, 200, 220 call spread risk reversal for about even. And that's really our objective here is to make sure that you avoid the first seven and a half to 10 percent worth of downside, but get the first 10 percent worth of upside. Another point I would quickly make is that this is going to capture their November earnings. That's one of the reasons that these options are slightly elevated here. And this stock is expensive on valuation. I mean, they're hitting on all cylinders, essentially. But where Macy's is trading six times full year 2021 earnings, this stock is trading six times full year 2020 on sales. So this is really quite an expensive stock. People are expecting a lot of good things and they're getting them for now. But this is a way you can participate 
if you happen to miss this uh, fairly good earnings result that we saw earlier this week. I like the trade. Um, I, I like it. Listen, this stock has had a series of uh, gaps after earnings this week. So the, obviously, or excuse me, this year, and it's made new highs on multiple occasions on those gaps. So I'll just mention this, though. It was doing the same thing in 2018 until it got into the Q4, and it had a 35% peak to trough decline. So m- the only warning I have is that after such a massive, massive rally year to date, and this thing's at all-time highs, selling that 185 put, that's down 10% or a little less than current levels. I mean, to me, that means like material risk if this thing were to have a similar for, a sort of Q4 sell-off that might have nothing to do with their own fundamentals, which was pretty much the case last year. Well, that's right. I mean, to Dad's point, so if you look at the most recent gap, it gapped in April from 145 to 170. Um, and what happened thereafter, of course, is that the stock had already priced in all of what was coming by that gap. And so it was fallow, didn't move May, June, July, and, and so forth. And so the issue here is does the stock now, is it discounting all that's coming, and is it likely foul? That's my hunch. That it, by, If you gap up 3 4%, it's one thing. This is 8 it's 10 I think you have price discovery here, and a lot of the upside has already been sort of exploited. Mike, what would you say to that? Stock is foul. Well, I, I think that's a, that, well, actually, that's a really good point, and it actually also speaks to this structure. And why is that true? Because... Actually, if the stock just lingers here, right around $200, which is the break-even at expiration, what's going to happen to the short put and the short call is that those are actually going to decay for the short term anyway, somewhat more rapidly than that at the money option is. It is actually possible that if the stock were to just simply track sideways right here and stick right around the 203 level or, or thereabouts where we close today, that this trade actually could see you know, fairly modest profits, maybe not the profits you would associate with being long the stock at, say, 185 had you been. But it is a situation where if the stock just lingers here for the next 60 days, you're not going to get hurt on this trade. All right. Up next, tech leading the market rally this week, and that's great news for one trader who made a big bet on one hot name in the space. We'll tell you what it is. Plus, it's Friday, so you know what that means. Send your burning options questions to our Twitter handle at Options Action, and you just might get your answer on air. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Much more Options Action right after this. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at a couple of our open trades. Back in August, Mike spied some big gains ahead for the S&P. We are not actually seeing options premiums as high as they might otherwise be. To give you some perspective, we've averaged just under 1.5% intraday moves since the beginning of the month. The VIX sitting around 20 should be probably 50% higher than that when you're seeing moves of that kind of magnitude. I was looking out to September. You could buy the 295, 300 call spread. You'd be spending about a buck 20 to put that trade on so the payoff is going to be better than three to one if we get a move up to 300 well the s&p 500 etf is up more than two percent since the call so what do you do now with that mike yeah so we spent about a dollar 20 on this call spread it's now worth about three dollars and 25 cents the risk reward isn't as attractive here What I would suggest, actually, is you could take these profits that you've made and just roll up and out. And if we do see the market continue higher, you're going to get some participation. But you could take some of that money off the table, still get some upside if it should continue to rally, and the risk-reward will be more favorable for you. 
What's your take on the direction of the markets at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think we've simply recovered the losses that we saw in the beginning of the month, and we're back to the same circumstance that, the, quote, the market, the S&P, is believed to be good, but under the surface, there's continued problems. All right. Well, last week, Dan said Microsoft could top the tech trade this fall. I think about this company, it's expected to have in this fiscal year 10% earnings growth, 10% sales growth. It's trading about 26 times. That's getting kind of expensive, but really not against some of its other fast-growing tech peers. And I say to myself, if I'm trying to be constructive and I'm trying to look into the fall and pick some stocks that I think could break out, Microsoft has to be at the tops of that list. You can look to October expiration. You can very simply just buy the October 140, 150 call spread, paying about $2.65 for that. Well, Microsoft is inching closer and closer to break even. So, Dan, how do you uh, play this? So, this is interesting. You know, Carter just mentioned some of the problems in the S&P. I don't really see this one as a problem. It did under, underperform the S&P week over week. It was only up about one uh, and a quarter percent or something like that, a little below the S&P. But, again, it's still in this range. I think it obviously looks like it's poised to break out, and I think it holds in there. It shows relative strength on down days. That's one of the things that I like about it. So this trade that costs 265 or 270 or something, it's worth about 310 on a $2 move high. Um, I like it. I think you're playing for this thing to get in the money above the prior highs, above 141. So I think you stick with this one. What do you think? It acts better than its uh, software peers, although it's right. not particularly exciting itself, right? Yeah. I mean, Fallow comes to mind here, Again. too. Again, wow. Huh. Kind of have to look that word up because I don't know what that means. It means dormant. just sort of. What's yeah, dormant mean? Dormant. Sleeping. Oh, Sleeping. I know what that means. From Dormir. All of those things. <laughs> Mike, how do you feel about Microsoft? Yeah, I mean, I like Microsoft, and I like actually this is the way you want to make your bullish bets here because, you know, Dan was talking about it earlier. When the market sort of inches higher but then has these big drawdowns, that's when you really just don't want to be either short puts or long stock necessarily. This is a situation where he's saying, okay, it could go a little bit higher, but if it doesn't, I'm risking relatively little, and I think that's the way to play this market right now. All right. Up next, we have your tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. We've got time to take one tweet. Steve wants to know if it's too late to buy calls on Target when it's trading at all-time highs. Dan, what do you tell Steve? Um, Steve, I would tell you, yes, it is. It's up 80% from its 52-week lows. It's up 66% of the year. It's up 27% in the last month. I mean, where do you think it's going? That, that being said, I don't mean to sound dismissive about it. If you have a, a much more bullish thesis, I'd much rather buy calls at this point than I would right. stock up so much in such a short period of time. Time for the final call now. Mike Cohen, San Francisco. Yeah, if you missed earnings in Lulu, take a look at call spread risk reversals as a way to make your bullish bets there. Carter Braxton Worth. If you're bullish on industrials, I would say rethink that. XLI to the downside. Dan Nathan. Uh, yeah, so these Apple product events oftentimes are sell the news. If you want to be constructive into the fall and buy calls, I might do it after the event. That does it for us. Have a terrific weekend. Mad Money with Jim Cramer is up next. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.